Hey guys, welcome to the Incredible Von Radio and the Voice of the Nations broadcast. I'm your host, Carrie B. I hope you're having an enjoyable day in the Lord. I hope that all things are working together for your good because you love God and you're called according to His purpose. On this lesson, I want to speak about the reward for your faithfulness. If you are faithful to the things of God, God is going to reward you. Not only in the things of God, but I believe that if you have a job and you're a good worker, you're the type of worker that is faithful, you're always on time, your employer never has to worry about you getting the job done, there's a reward that comes for that. And it's uh, called promotion. It's called uh, a raise on your check. Whenever you're faithful, it's always a blessing tied to faithfulness. People always remember faithfulness. They always gravitate to the person that's faithful. And a blessing is attached to your faithfulness in this hour. So I want to speak about the reward for your faithfulness. And I want to speak about the story of Ruth. I hadn't uh, taught about this scripture in uh, this story in a long time. And uh, it's been many years since I taught about Ruth, but the Lord is giving me liberty to speak about it today. And so I want to draw your attention to um, the first chapter of the book of Ruth. And we're going to glean some very powerful insight from this lesson. It's so powerful. It is so awesome on so many different fronts. Uh, first of all, the name Ruth means friend. And the name Naomi means pleasant, it's beautiful and gentle. And we're going to see this powerful relationship of this uh, this mother-in-law and this daughter-in-law de- in- develop. Uh, and uh, I'm telling you, this daughter-in-law is going to be blessed because of her faithfulness. Now, let's take a, look, take a look at Ruth, the first chapter. And the first verse, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went and dwelt in the country of Moab he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Malad and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Now, Elimelech, Elimelech, it means my God is king. Bethlehem means house of bread. Now, I'm just wondering Um, why would a man that has a name that means my God is king, why would he be in a foreign land where he's not supposed to be? The Bible says that this is during the time of the judges. There was a severe famine that came upon Bethlehem in that land. And anytime there was famine in a land, it was a sign that someone had broken the laws of God. And it was God's people. Most of the time it was because they had uh, performed some type of idol worship or they had drawn far away from his presence and he would bring famine and then they would repent and God would restore them. But at this time, Elimelech, um, he couldn't wait because the, sub, sub, the famine was so severe that he took his wife, Naomi, he took his two sons and he went into the land of Moab. Now, the land of Moab is where present day Jordan is located. And uh, Moab was a son of Lot, who was a nephew 
of Abraham. If you remember the story uh, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot had taken his daughters up into the mountains and uh, uh, they got him drunk and they said, we want to carry on the legacy of our father, give him a son, so forth. And they got him drunk and they slept with him. They committed incest. Uh, this is some treacherous stuff. And I believe it's because they were in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah so long that that lifestyle just rubbed off on them. So Lot was drunk. Uh, the oldest daughter, she had sex with him. She had a son and his name was Moab. The other daughter had sex while he was drunk. Um, her son was named Ammon. So the Moabites and the Ammonites were the sons of Lot and his daughters. So now they're in the land of Moab and uh, a land where they're not supposed to be. Now these Moabites and Ammonites, they were descendants of Israel. They were relatives, but they hated one another. And so we see Elimelech, he's there. And uh, he has his wife, he has his two sons. And uh, they stayed there. And in the third verse, it says, Elimelech, Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. Now, why did he die? Could it be that he was in a place where he was not supposed to be? In a land that he was not supposed to be? Sometimes you can be in the wrong place and it can cause you a lot of problems. Sometimes you can be outside of the will of God. I wonder what would have happened with this name, my God is King, if he had stayed there and prayed and spoke to the people to turn their ways and God would have relented maybe of the sins of the people and brought bread to the house. But he went away. He died. In the fourth verse, it says, uh, her two sons took wives of the women of Moab. Now, this was a no-no. God had strictly forbid them not to take wives of foreign nations because these wives, these women, these men, they worship other gods. Now, the God that they worship in Moab was called Chemosh. Chemosh. Uh, his name means destroyer or subduer. He was a fish god. This particular god was the same god that many of King Solomon's wives worshipped. And they actually led him astray towards the latter part of his life because they caused him to worship other gods too. Now, uh, in this fourth verse, they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt in a land about 10 years. So you have these two sons, Marlon and Chilion. They married Orpah and Ruth, um, these two Moabite women. These two boys end up dying in the fifth verse. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband, speaking about Naomi. She's in a place she doesn't want to be. Her husband is dead. She's a widow. Now her two sons, which were her providers, they are dead after 10 years. Now her heart is broken. Then in the sixth verse, it says, 
Then she arose with her daughters-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. And therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, Go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dwelt with the dead and with me. So as she's going, she's trying to get her daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah, to return back to their mother's house. And she spoke, she said, may, may God deal kindly with you because you've dealt with me in my misery and my sorrow in the bereavement of my husband and two sons. May the Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. And so she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and they cried. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters, go for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Now she's pouring out her card. In the beginning, these two girls, these two daughter-in-laws, they're trying their best to comfort their mother-in-law. And they're basically telling her that we're going to go back with you. And she said, I'm too old. I'm too old to get married. I'm too old. And if even if I did get married, are you going to wait until I have sons again and marry them? And so... Uh, one of them started really thinking about this. She said, No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Now she's thinking that because she lost her husband and her two sons, that God is not with her anymore. 14th verse. And then they lifted up their voices and wept again. They cried again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. I want to stop right there. The name of Orpah, it means gazelle and stiff-necked. <laughs> the name of Ruth means friend. So you have one Orpah. She kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. She was holding on to her. She was grieving and crying and holding on. Orpah, she kissed her and let her go. And in the 15th verse, and she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you. You, you see what or Orpah did? She fulfilled what her name means, gazelle. She ran. A gazelle can run real fast. She turned around 
she heard the words of her mother-in-law she's not going to be able to have any more sons and uh, she was thinking of the next man so she turned around and she went back to her, her country to her people to Moab she left she kissed her okay well sorry about that and she turned around but Ruth she clung to her she hold on to her and then she said oh treat entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go I will go wherever you lodge I will lodge your people shall be my people and your God my God isn't this awesome she's telling her mother-in-law and wherever you go I'm going wherever you lodge I'm lodged your God is going to be my God your people is going to be my people that's why her name means friend because she stuck close just like a brother but the other one turned around and this is a lesson when times get hard who are those people that really stick close to you because in the end they really need to be rewarded because we're speaking about the reward of your faithfulness Ruth said I'm not going to let you go Orpah said I'll see you later I'm praying for you but I'm going back home she was thinking about the next 20-30 years of her life she probably thought if I follow my mother-in-law I mean most of the time the men were the breadwinners how am I going to survive she's old um, I'm young I don't have a man uh, my, my, uh, uh, the other one doesn't have a man Ruth doesn't have a man oh, well, what are we going to do how are we going to eat where, where are we going to stay so she thought about going back home and that's just what she did and as I said a lot of times you have to really pay close attention to who's sticking by you and at the end you need to reward those who stick by you it may not be a friend it may be a relative is it that son is it that daughter that sticks closer than the rest of those that person needs to be rewarded yes they do they need to be rewarded for their service because there are so many children that don't give their parents the time of day let alone their mother and father-in-law but their own mothers and fathers don't give them the time of the day but the ones that stay close by they need to be rewarded praise God so Ruth is saying I'm going with you she said in the 17th verse where you die I will die and there will I be buried but more do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me she's making a vow she said if there's anything but death departs us let the Lord do so to me she said where you die I'm going to die where you buried I'm going to be buried this is love this is a beautiful example of someone that really really cares about another and displaying that love showing that love because love is an action word it has action if you tell that person that you're with if you say I love you but you're never expressing your love to them 
never buy flowers, never buy a card, never take them out to dinner, never celebrate them amongst others, never speak into their lives kind words, never say I'm thankful and I'm appreciative to what you do, never take the stress and the strain from all for them, never do anything. That's not really love. Because love is always expressive. Love does when it's not even a reason to do it. Love does just because it's love. Love does when it's unexpected to do. That's the power of love. This is how Ruth loved her mother, Naomi. This is how she went out of her way. She left her mother and her father and her property, her home, her lineage, her sustenance. She left everything to follow behind a woman that she didn't even know what the end result was going to be. All she knew is that she loved her mother-in-law and she was at the point where she was old and she needed her. I think it's so incredible that when a person gets old in life, older in life, elderly, that there's someone there that cares for them and takes care of them and appreciates them. Praise God. Just think about all of the elderly people that are in assisted living, um, the nursing homes, um, the other places where they get help and care. And many of them are there by themselves, by themselves, because their sons and their daughters don't have time. And I do understand there are situations when a son or daughter can't take care of their parents any longer um, because they don't have um, the expertise as far as the medical know-how to take care of them if they're sick and what to give them and what to do. Um, they have to work. They have to provide for themselves and them. And sometimes they may have to place them in assisted living. And I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about the ones that place them in assisted living and never go back to see them. Never take the time to say, Mom, how are you doing? Dad, how are you today? I'm thinking about you. It lifts up their life just to see the smile of someone that takes that time and love them. Older people love people when they take time out for them. They love it. I remember I was uh, living in Orlando, Florida, and I was getting ready to practice uh, in real estate. And uh, I remember that was, I used to work, when I first got there, I didn't have any money, and I was just getting a little part-time job. I was at this uh, grocery store I was working. And this lady used to always uh, come in with her little dog, and she loved that dog so much. I mean, that dog was like her son. I mean, it was like a heart. And I remember one day I had to deliver some things to a house. And uh, I come to find out that her dog had died. And you would have thought that a person had died. 
because it was like the best friend that she had was gone because of her love for an animal. And if you can love an animal like that, how much more can you love a human? Because all of us want to be loved. Naomi wanted to be loved. She was saying go back because she didn't want to burden her daughter-in-laws. The sons were dead. Her husband was dead. Why follow behind me when I have nothing? But Ruth, she saw something in her mother-in-law that was going to be a blessing to her. She was about to receive the reward of her faithfulness. Child of God, don't give up being faithful to that which God had called you to be faithful to. That person or that ministry or whatever it is, remain faithful unto them and there is a reward. Praise God. And this is going to end this segment of this teaching. I hope it was a blessing to you. This is Voice Over Nations broadcast by on radio, Carrie B. I'll talk to you real soon. Be blessed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Voice Over Nations broadcast. I'm your host, Kerry B. Want to continue in this lesson study on the reward for your faithfulness, part two. We have been speaking about the story of Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. As we uh, examined in the last lesson, we found out that Naomi's husband had died and her two sons in the land of Moab. She had two daughter-in-laws. One was Orpah and the other one was uh, Ruth. And uh, as she was going back home after 10 years, she heard that there was bread once again in the house of Israel. And so she decided to go back home, leave the land of Moab and go back to her family. And her two daughter-in-laws, they followed her for a while. And, uh, and she basically said, y'all, y'all need to go back home to your mothers. And they kissed her and uh, loved on her. And she walked a little bit further and I told him again, and uh, Ruth uh, clung to her. And uh, her sister-in-law, uh, Oprah, uh, kissed her and left and went back home to her mother. And so now it is uh, Ruth and Naomi, they are left together. And uh, Ruth is telling Naomi basically how much she cares for her and she's not going to leave her side. And Naomi doesn't want to hear that. And she told them she doesn't have any more sons to bring from her womb. She was too old uh, to get married again and just go back home to your mother. And she would not because she loved her. And I'm speaking about the reward for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness is always going to bring a great reward in your life if you remain faithful. Uh, once again, I want to just show you this scripture. And it's speaking about uh, in Proverbs 3rd chapter, 3rd and the 4th verse, NIV. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Uh, bind them around your neck. Write them on a the tablet of your heart. And then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Don't let love and faithfulness leave you. Always keep love and faithfulness. And that's exactly what Ruth did. She remained faithful to her mother-in-law because she loved her. She cared for her, particularly in her old age. Let's pick back up in Ruth, the first chapter and the 16th verse. 
But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and you and me. Uh, when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? So she goes back home and her family and her friends, they see her. She's been gone for at least 10 years and they're so excited to see her. They remember her. They remember how pleasant she was, how beautiful she was. And they've just given her all these salutations. And Naomi is not trying to hear that because she lost her husband. She lost her two sons. Uh, she doesn't have anything anymore. She doesn't have anyone to care for her, a man to care for her. And so in the 20th verse, she says, But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Now she's blaming God for her misfortunes. She's blaming God for her husband dying, her two sons dying. She's blaming God for being in a strange land and not in the land of, of her brethren. And um, she's bitter. Uh, and, and I can understand. I mean, she lost everything she had. She uh, She's bitter. She didn't come back with a good attitude, even though she heard that there was bread uh, back in Bethlehem. She didn't come back with a good attitude. She was angry. She was hurt. She was bitter. Uh, I'm sure she felt probably felt like she left from Bethlehem with much, but she came back with nothing. She came back as a widow, and a widow uh, was a bad position to be in back in those days because they needed a man to take care of them. But she did not realize that she had the blessing that she needed right beside of her. This woman named Ruth that was faithful and was going to be faithful even unto death. Matter of fact, she said, if there anything that separates us besides death, let all of this stuff be done unto me. Now, not many people are going to do that. Now, this is not her mother, but this is her mother-in-law. But she loved her just like her mother, particularly in her old age. So Naomi is blaming God for everything. 22nd verse. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. In the second chapter of Ruth, we want to continue. And there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Now they come back home. It's a time of the barley harvest. And there's a relative of Naomi's husband. He was a man of great wealth. His name was Boaz. His name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find a favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Now the daughter-in-law 
Ruth is asking her mother-in-law for permission to go and work in the field that belonged to Boaz. What she's trying to do is find favor or grace in the sight of this man because they needed food. They needed uh, sustenance to live on. They needed money. Now, uh, Naomi was too old to do this kind of work. She was depending on her daughter-in-law for her actual survival. But Ruth was a woman, a virtuous woman, a woman of great character, a woman of great integrity, a woman that had her priorities right. She wanted to have her own stuff eventually. She was willing to work hard. She was willing to sacrifice. And she was also willing to take care of this woman that was dear to her heart. Her husband was dead. Her father-in-law was dead. And the only one left that she was close to was her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now, Naomi was in the land of the Moabites, which was the land of Ruth. She left. Now, Ruth is in the land of Israel, the home of Naomi. So now Ruth is a foreigner in this land. And everyone knew she was a foreigner. She's following behind her mother-in-law because she loved her. But there's a reward for her faithfulness that's going to bless her in such a profound way. At the end of this story, Ruth is going to name, have a name in the Bible, a book of the Bible named after her. At the end of this lesson, Ruth is going to have one of the books in the Bible named after her, and she's a Gentile woman. <sighs> the results of your faithfulness. So she asked this permission to go and follow and try to glean in the field of this man named Boaz. Now, gleaning was basically following behind and getting the scraps of the barley, uh, which was left behind so that they could have enough to eat. And uh, so Naomi gave her permission and said, go, my daughter, third verse. And then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So she's gleaning in the field. She's following behind the reapers as they're cutting the barley down. She's getting the scraps. I'm telling you, there's a blessing in the scraps because these scraps were about to bring her into the lineage of Jesus Christ. It's a blessing. Don't despise the scraps. Don't despise that which falls from the master's table. Because if you can get the scraps, it's, it's, it is indicative of the whole. The crumbs from the loaf <laughs> has the same ingredients that the loaf has. Praise God. If you can put enough scraps together, you can have your meal. Hallelujah. So now she's gleaning in the field, in the field that belongs to Boaz. 
Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? Who's that lady? I've never seen her before. It was something about Ruth's presence that caught the attention of Boaz. It was something about her where she didn't look like the other women of the town. It doesn't say if there were other foreigners there reaping, uh, gleaning in the field, but it was something about her that caught his attention. And this is a divine setup. If she had left her mother-in-law on the side of the road like Oprah did, like that little gazelle had done and ran back home, but because her name means friend, she stuck there. She stuck closer than a brother to her mother-in-law. Now she's in the field of a wealthy kinsman redeemer. Praise God. So he's asking a question. Who is that lady? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. Now she came, when she came to the field, she asked for permission to glean behind the reapers. And uh, the man said that she's worked hard. She worked from morning up until now. She wrestled a little while, but she's a worker. And then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Ah, <laughs> oh, sucky, sucky. <laughs> Now we get into the lesson. Boaz finds out who she is. And he speaks to her. And he gives her instruction. He said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Are you going to listen to me? Do not go to anyone else's field. But I want you to stay here. Stay close by my young women that I have here in this field. Listen in the night first. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Listen to this. This is so powerful. This older man is speaking to this young woman. He's telling her, keep your eyes on this field. And the women, I want you to go after them. Follow behind where they go. They're going to lead you. Follow behind them. He said, I have commanded all of these guys that work for me 
not to touch you. I've given them strict instruction. Don't touch that woman right there. I wonder why he said that. He said, whenever you're thirsty, you drink from the vessels that these men draw up from the wells. Why is he giving her all of this attention? Because she gave her mother-in-law attention. She's about to reap a reward for her faithfulness. Faithfulness always brings a reward. Let me say this again. If there's been someone in your life and they have been faithful to you, and they have been dedicated, you need to reward them for what they have done on your behalf. Don't let the sun go down when your life is about to be extinguished until you bless them. Because they did not have to do it. The ones that have showed you so much strength when you were weak. They prayed for you when you couldn't pray for yourself. They covered you. They spoke up for you. They fought for you. They stayed by your side. Those are the ones that need to be rewarded because they are faithful to you. So Boaz is giving her all of this attention. He's commanding her not to go anyplace else. I want you to stay here in this field. You don't have to work anywhere else. There's enough grain here that you can glean from, from off of the field. Because whatever she received, she brought home to her mother-in-law, Naomi. That is what they ate. That is what they lived off of. And so we see here, in the 10th verse. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? All of these beautiful young women out here. Why are you looking at me? Why have I found favor or grace in your eyesight? This one looks better. This one looks more educated. But why are you looking at me? Because it was a grace on Ruth's life. It was that virtuous presence of God. It was something that most women in society don't have. If you look at a lot of young ladies that grew up today, they look just like um, these uh, rap artists and um, these entertainers, uh, girls want to be, they all make up, um, uh, they have so much makeup on and so much false stuff. You don't even know what's real. Well, this sister wasn't like that. She was virtuous. It's, it's one thing to look good, but it's one thing to look, what is the word? Clownish. When you have so much stuff on that you don't look beautiful. Now you look like a clown. Well, she didn't look like a clown. She was a beautiful lady. She was love and beauty personified in a person. The virtue that was on her life, the humility, the gratefulness that was on her life. Oh my gosh, it was just reverberating throughout the land. Everyone was paying attention to this Moabitess woman. They knew she was a foreigner. I'm sure the boys 
when they were having lunch or break, they were talking, man, you see how fine she is? My gosh. <laughs> That's why Boaz had to come and tell them boys, hey, boys, y'all better get back to work. Don't be looking at her. Don't touch her. Don't say anything to her. Why? Because she had caught his eye. So now she she fell to the ground and she's just saying, why, why, am I, why have I found all this favor? I'm a foreigner. When God's favor on, is on your life, it doesn't matter if you're a foreigner or not. He will bless you and he will favor you and he will cause you to have favor with men. If the favor of God is on you, he is going to bless you with abundant favor. Praise God. In 11 verses says, And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. Boaz knew the information, the story about Ruth and Naomi. Someone told him what had happened. He was inquisitive. I'm sure he asked the question, why is she here? And someone gave him the spill, the tea, the coffee. And uh, he was floored by this. He was, um, I mean, this was, this did something to him that a woman would leave her mother and father and follow behind her mother-in-law in a strange land. It showed how much she cared and she appreciated him. And he took notice of that. And he appreciated that. And he's about to reward her for her faithfulness. Hey, guys, this is all for this part. Uh, we're going to be back real soon. This is Voice Over Nations broadcast, Carrie B. Vine Radio. I'm going to talk to you real soon. I want you to marinate on these two lessons on the reward of your faithfulness until I get back. Talk to you soon.